Thank you for tuning in to the Scattered Abroad podcast. This is a work that is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, gospel preachers seek to scatter the seed and unite the church and the world with Christ, despite our distances and differences. Here are your hosts, Caleb Rutherford and Michael Clark. Hey guys, I know the episode hasn't started yet, but we wanted to stop and take just a moment to tell you about this month's sponsor. Yeah, we're extremely grateful and blessed to be sponsored this month by Apologetics Press. And what they're doing for us is they're actually allowing us to give away a Defending the Faith Bible. Uh, so they're going to be in the New King James Version and obviously a lot of great resources in this book. Uh, but before we talk about how you need to enter to win, we're going to let Michael uh, talk a little bit about the history behind Apologetics Press. Yeah, Apologetics Press started in the late 1970s. There was a need to make a Available more scripturally sound and scientifically accurate materials in the field of Christian apologetics. And the idea for Apologetics Press was born. And when you ask what materials do they have available, AP is a great source for resources on topics like creation, the existence of God, and so much more. And they also have a wide variety of free and purchasable materials for vacation Bible school, Bible classes, and even everyday study. And on the staff, you may know the names of the staff and may not know that they're associated with Apologetics Press, but Dr. Dave Miller currently serves as the executive director, and Kyle Button, Eric Lyons, among many others, are some of the ones that write material on a regular basis trying to help those in this world combat the errors of the devil. And so we mentioned what we're giving away. Caleb, tell them how they can win it. Again, the the way you do this is twofold. And just like all the other sponsors and giveaways that we've been doing, you have to sign up for our email list. Go to, again, go to scatteredabroad.org, scroll all the way down, name, email, and you'll be successfully uh, entered to win. But we got to do one more thing. We need you to go to AP's website, go to apologeticspress.org, and also sign up for their emailing list. And then you'll be successfully entered to win the Defending the Faith Study Bible. Yeah, you don't want to let the Study Bible get away. We're so thankful for Apologetics Press sponsoring this month's episode, and here it is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of our joint podcast here on the Scattered Abroad Network. We're glad that you're with us. I'm your host, Michael Clark. I'm your host, Caleb Rutherford. And we're really, really appreciative of you taking some time to be with us for this episode. Just as a reminder before we begin, we really would benefit greatly from you taking some time to rate and review all of our podcasts, especially this one, and subscribe to our content. That would help us out so much. We'd love to be considered someone that can provide you with daily content, and we try to do that every day here at Scattered Abroad. Today we're talking in continuation of our theme for this year, for 2021, Scattered Yet United, and today we're talking about United in Study. Now, I don't know what walk of life you're in, I'm not sure where you're at, whether you're in school, whether you're out of school, whether you're a doctor or whatever the case may be, but all of us, no matter where we're at in life, are expected to study. We have things that we're expected from a society standpoint to study. We need to know the law when we go out and drive. We need to know certain rules and regulations, and we have to study those and commit them to memory. But we're not talking about that today. We're talking about a biblical perspective of study. And so we're going to look at this term of study and try to ask some questions and have our host, our guest host today, answer them. We have a great group of guests, and we're going to kick it over to Drew and ask him, Drew, what should we study? Well, I'm glad you did that disclaimer because there's so many different fields of study. But what we're talking about is the most important kind of study. That's right. And so my answer to that would be ultimately anything that will draw us closer to God and help prepare us for eternity is what we need to be studying. Now, of course, uh, specifically, that is the Word of God. That's what we need to spend our time in. Now, that's not to say we can't spend time in other books that will help us, 
But, you know, on the day of judgment, we're not going to be judged by those books. We're going to be judged by thus said the Lord. We're going to be judged by the words of our Lord, John 12, 48. So there's a time and place to study secondary material, and I certainly believe that's important. It can be very helpful. I know all of us have those tools in our library, and hopefully our listeners will have those books that will help them because they are helpful. But our priority needs to be the source. And we've, we've referenced 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 several times uh, when we've been together recording. And you think about the Word of God being that standard, that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's there for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. For what purpose? That the man of God may be perfect or spiritually complete. So if the Bible is able to make us spiritually complete, why spend more time in something else? Uh, it's, God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness, 2 Peter 1, 3. Therefore, we need to go to the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15, we're reminded to be diligent, to present ourselves approved to God, to make sure we're spending time studying the Word of God. But here's something else from Psalm 19. Psalm 19 is one of my favorite psalms. You have general revelation, and you have specific or special revelation. We look at the world around us. The heavens declare the glory of God. We, you know, God preaches a sermon every time we look at that. I love what uh, Brother BJ said. He said, the world can tell us that God is, but the Bible tells us who God is. And that's where we had that special revelation. But this is from Psalm 19, 7 through 9. And we know that the number 7 is the number of completion. Listen to this. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Seven qualities. So the word of God is absolutely complete. It's absolutely perfect. It is truth, John 17, 17. And that's the truth that's going to set us free. So don't go to commentaries and man-made books to determine or to defend a position. Allow the Bible to speak for itself. And the truth never fears investigation. Yeah, we've often heard the Bible is its own best commentary. Right. And it provides, I mean, how, how was it possible that in the first century people were managing to understand the truth without the Word of God? Well, they had the Word of God. It was through the apostles. And right. as soon as the Bible was completed, you know, Adam Clark hadn't written his commentaries yet. You know, we didn't have the Kaufman and all these other commentaries that we all know and we love and we, we study them, and they, they do provide some benefit. Mm -hmm. But you can think of any subject that the Bible has to offer, and anything that is profitable for human life, you can find in the Scriptures, yep. even even down to bodily exercise. Paul would say that bodily exercise does a little bit. It does help out, mm -hmm. but it's not the main focus. And so, like you mentioned, there's so many different things you can study, so many different topics that you can pick. But there's a reason we have to come down on the Bible yeah. as the number one thing that we study because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how many football books I've digested, how many other things that I have read in my lifetime. If I don't have God, it's a lot like 1 Corinthians 13, not having love, it, it's pointless. Right. Without love, I can do all these wonderful things, but it doesn't make any difference. And the same thing is true if I don't study the Word of God. I can have an amazing life from society's standpoint, and it hasn't really done anything for me. Hey. You want, you want to digest the things that are going to help you attain your goal. And, you know, it, it, talking from a school standpoint, <clears throat> when, you go, when you get ready for your finals, uh, for your math final, you're not going to study your English textbook. You're not going to study your science. Textbook. You're going to study the textbook that's going to help you attain that goal of passing that final. And the same is with, you know, with, with, with the test of life. If we're going to pass that, then we need to make sure we're, we're studying the correct book, that being the Word of God. 
It's amazing how many books we read about the Bible, but we never mm -hmm. read the Bible. John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for mm -hmm. in them you think you have eternal life. Ephesians 3, verse 4, whereby when you read, you may understand. Prophet Isaiah, seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. Hebrews 10, 7, lo, I come in the volume of the book. So many verses talk about the importance of studying the Bible versus, yeah. versus other books. And when we find in, in Nehemiah 8, for example, oh, yes. after they had been away from the law for so long, they read from morning till midday, and they they gave the sense. And what that means is they studied. They, dis they discovered what the scriptures were expecting them to do. And what they found in that is the Feast of the Booths. And we've mentioned this before, and I'm sure you've preached it before, but those Feast of the Booths hadn't been kept since the days of Joshua and here is all that we have, and, and to, to have this mindset like the noble Bereans, you know, searching the scriptures daily and going about and doing these things and making sure that what is told to us mm -hmm. is what we're going to examine. You know, when my teacher, when I was in the youngest age that they teach, two plus two is four, she didn't just say it and then expect me to believe it. She showed it. Yeah. You have two apples, you have another set of two apples, you put them together, you have four. And that's what we're expected to do on our own. I think, and we've mentioned this before in a previous episode, that we put so much time and effort into our sermons, and churches expect the preacher to put all this time and effort, and then you have people, they still come out and go, well, I didn't get anything out of that. And we've often said, well, did you put anything into it? And I would submit to you gentlemen today, the, the hosts that we have here, part of the reason people aren't getting anything out of church is because they're not studying on their own outside of it. And they're not trying to be the type of people that are constantly in the Word of God and looking at it. And it's easy for us to be in the Word of God because right. that's our job. We're always looking to the next sermon, the next class, the next podcast, whatever it may be. But for the average member who works another, just a regular old 9 to 5, they have got to set aside time and they have to know exactly what they need to study. But as we kind of kick this to the next portion of our, our questions, Josh, why? Is that so important? I mean, why should we study? I kind of view the gospel, of course, you know, depending on who you ask, but I kind of look at it or like to look at it from, you know, the three different perspectives. The gospel does three things. First of all, it saves us um, from our sins. Um, second of all, it sustains us. And I kind of use this as I preach throughout the book of Titus. The gospel saves us. It sustains us. But then after that, the gospel, it shapes us as well. And so, you know, we're not just studying for the benefit of, of being able to quote scripture or we're not studying to be able to win debates. We're studying so we can shape our lives after the gospel. In Titus chapter 2 and verse number 1, Titus says, Speak thou the things that become sound doctrine. Well, the next question is, what is sound doctrine? And usually, usually people think of sound doctrine as one church, one baptism. That, that's also included with the doctrine as well. But Titus handles it from a, from a completely different perspective. And, and Titus, he, he, he talks about sound doctrine, and then he starts listing behavioral issues, which lets me know as a reader, if I'm implying that, the way I act is also associated with the doctrine, with the gospel. Because when you look at the life of Jesus, all of those things are wrapped in his life. How to love, how to forgive, how to be patient, how to kind, how to you know treat others the way you want to be treated. And so... I study that for my own personal growth. I study that so I can encourage myself, but I also study it so I can share that with someone else as well, uh, share that gospel with them. And again, Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid 
so I might not sin against me. Well, how do I know the standard? How do I know his word if I don't go to his word, if I don't see what he has to say? And so sometimes in, in the religious world, especially, unfortunately, in the Lord's church, if, if what we understand about our relationship with God, if that is not based off what he said of himself, some people may not even know the God they claim to be serving. And so, again, the gospel, it saves us, sustains us, shapes us, and we study. Why should we study so we can continue to shape our lives after the teachings of Jesus? It was always hard for me, and I'm, I'm sure some of you guys had the same experience. Maybe not if you were homeschooled. You kind of a lot of times get to pick curriculum. But I was in public school, and curriculum in high school was set before me. Now, I got to pick some electives, but the core classes of math and science and other things, I had to take those. Well, I'm not a math guy. Just never have been, never will be. If you tell me statistics, I'm good with that. Jameson knows that. And from a football perspective, I'll talk statistics all day long. You give me an equation, and I'm going to go to mathway.com and solve it. <laughs> and that's a shameless plug. They don't sponsor us or anything like that. But they're an amazing site to find those types of problems. And I always had trouble studying that stuff because it wasn't an interest to me. And yet I had no problem with history or English. I was always interested in those things because I knew the field I wanted to go into, preaching, has a lot of history and it uses a lot of the English language. And when we talk about the why should we study, the Bible talks about loving the law, loving the Bible. And that should be our why. You know, when we talk about what's your why as to what you do for a living, we could all tell the story is why we're in this field. And yet the ultimate answer is because we love preaching and we love trying to help other people learn what needs to be done. And we love trying to, like Drew's mentioned before, the reason he went to preaching school is he helped somebody obey the gospel. And then he goes, okay, this is addicting. I need to help other people obey the gospel. And if I, as a Christian, am not someone who wants to be a preacher, I need to be as much in love with the Bible as a preacher says he is in that I'm going to study as much as I can as well. And so that idea of why we study, I would say ultimately it comes down to you can say to someone, if you love the Lord, you will study. If you're not completely sure, you won't. And there's an issue there is we have so many problems with gospel meetings being poorly attended, lectureships being poorly attended. And I know that's hard after a pandemic to talk about poor attendance. But when it came down to it, even after the, the idea of pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, you're still going to have people who make the conscious decision to say, I could go, but I won't. And that is an issue with our country. It's an issue with our world. And some of it might be that they don't know how. They don't know how to do it. They're not sure how we're to go about these things. And so, Chase, how should we study? I mean, there's, there's obviously tips that could be given, and we'll give some of those at the end, I'm sure. But how should we study from a perspective of making sure we're doing it correctly? Well, if you're studying... In, in some sense, then you're doing it correctly to, to an extent. But there's better ways to study and not so good methods to study, if we could say it that way. But I'll, I'll go ahead and reference 2 Timothy 2.15 again. Uh, Drew referenced it earlier. Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman. So work, it takes work. It takes effort. Uh, the New King James says, be diligent. So diligence and study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed. And then this is critical. Rightly dividing the word of truth we are required to correctly handle God's Word, which some translations roughly say that. And if you look at the Greek, it's the idea of making a straight cut. Now, if you're a woodworker, you've got to make a straight cut. If you don't make a straight cut, you're going to ruin whatever you're, you're working with. 
So when we're talking about the Bible, if we're not correctly uh, interpreting it, if we're not correctly uh, dividing the Bible, wh whether we're talking about the Old Testament versus the New Testament, we're talking about books of history or books of prophecy or the gospel accounts or epistles or what have you, if we're not making those divisions correctly, we're not going to handle it right and we're going to get off base somewhere. So we need to make sure that we're handling it correctly. So the question of how, well, there's many methods that we can use. And again, if you're studying, you're using a method, then that's good. But we want to talk about lots of different methods that you can use to study the Bible because a wise Bible student is going to use a multiplicity of methods. He's going to study topically here. He's going to study chronologically there and so on and so forth. So uh, us as preachers, we typically... For a lot of our study, we have goal-oriented study with the goal being coming up with a sermon, coming up with a Bible class, uh, preparing for a Bible study one-on-one -on -one with somebody to try to convert them. So that's kind of goal-oriented study, but we also need to make sure that we as preachers and, and all Christians have our own personal devotions, our own personal time of study where we just pick up God's Word and we read it and we meditate on it. That's extremely important. But as far as individual methods go, you could talk about topical study. You pick a topic, baptism, the church, uh, the Godhead, what have you, worship, and you look up those words in the Bible and you, you study them. And you study what each, uh, what each verse in the Bible says about that subject. So that's a topical study. But also you could talk about book study, uh, study one book of the Bible for a period of time, uh, for a month, for example and do an in-depth study of that book. You see, a lot of times when we start a uh, study the, the entire Bible throughout the year program, we run through it really fast and maybe we don't give it a lot of attention that we should. Maybe study one book a month. So you study 12 books in a year. And you really study it in-depth and you you study the the purpose of that book, the theme. You study who, who the author was and what the historical context was. And it helps give you a, a more thorough understanding of what is coming across in that particular book. So a book study. And, you know, you study the connections between that book and other books. You study the prophecies that might be contained in that, in that book. You study what it has to say about the Messiah, what it has to say about the kingdom, the church. Uh, also, you can use commentaries and Bible introduction books. One that I use a lot and probably a lot of us have used a lot is, is Brother Frank Dunn's Know Your Bible. That's a good... Uh, Bible study resource that helps us to know what each book of the Bible is about and, and what it was uh, trying to get across, but also chronological study. You know, a lot of times when people begin in January and they study through the Bible, they're studying the Pentateuch and then they're studying the Old Testament books of history and then the wisdom literature and the prophets and so on and so forth, but you also could study it chronologically. So most Bibles are written topically with those topical listings, but you also can study chronologically, and so you'll study Genesis, and you'll study Job, and you'll study Exodus, and you'll go through in chronological order, going throughout the history of Israel, the United Kingdom, and then the divided kingdom, and then the prophets, and, and then you go into the uh, captivity, and then the coming back from captivity, and then you come back to New Testament with the birth of Christ, and, and the gospel accounts, and then the kingdom coming in into to being and acts and then you go through the various uh, epistles as they were written and so it helps you chronologically 
to be able to understand some of the nuances of what was going on uh, when those books were being written, and Chronological can help you with that. And then one other thing is, is word studies. You can look up various words and find every verse using a concordance or just looking up online, uh, every verse that has those words, kind of real similar to topical study, and, and understand what those words mean. And that will help you greatly in getting a better nuanced uh, idea of what various scriptures uh, are, are trying to get across. And uh, also you can look at the original languages, Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, and look up those nuances as well to help you have a, a better understanding, a deeper understanding of what God's Word is, is trying to tell us. Okay, good. Jameson, you had something you wanted to, to mention? Uh, yeah, just a couple things uh, in kind of building on what you've been talking about, about how. Um, there's a preacher I know um, the last few years, he's been, and the congregation does this too, they get involved, is every month he's in a different book of the Bible. And that's the congregation's uh, reading plan for that month. So that month, they're going to read through that book of the Bible, say he's in Genesis, and all the sermons Sunday morning, Sunday night are going to be coming from the book of Genesis. Um, so as far as how, it's like that's a, uh, that's, I think that's a really good idea he's come up with to really tie in what people are reading at home and also then they're reading this at home and then they're coming and they're hearing sermons uh, preached out about things they've been reading all week. Um, so that's a, a maybe a good way to bring that together. But really, I was thinking about it and something y'all have probably heard before comments it, when we tend to talk about studying the Bible is uh, I've heard people say, well, you know, I just I, I have trouble understanding the Bible. I just don't know that I can understand this. Um, and I kind of go back and forth on what I think about that comment. On one hand, I understand uh, kind of what they're saying, but on the other hand, it's they probably don't realize that what they're implying by that is they're saying that God has given me a book that I can't understand, and that's foolishness. Um, we can understand this book. Now, can it be challenging at times? Absolutely. But if we will, if we will take the time to just invest ourselves a little bit in learning how to study this book as chase has been talking about um it will benefit us tremendously and we can uh, i think uh josh touched on that earlier from ephesians 3 whereby when you read you may understand when we read this book if we will invest our time in it we can understand it drew you had something you wanted to mention yeah i was just my mom went back to the old testament and the danger of not spending time in the word of the lord uh, in Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, he said, There's a famine in the land, not of bread, not of water, but of hearing the word of the Lord. And as I would say, in our society today, there's a famine in the land. The, the word of God is not being studied like it should. But here's the, another point that hits home. Sadly, the Bible knowledge in the Lord's church isn't what it ought to be. 50, 60 years ago, if you go into a court of law and they didn't have a Bible, they'd find a member of the Lord's church and put their hand on him. I, I read that from Wayne Jackson one time. Just to show how far we've come, and five or six decades later, sadly, it seems to be dwindling. But in Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. He's talking about his people. Right. So we as God's people, we have to make sure we're people of the book. That's absolutely right. We're going to move to our last question now with Jameson. And then we're, I'm going to give some tips, generic tips. Some of them are going to build off of what Chase did uh, in an article that I'd written once before on 10 tips for studying the Bible. So, Jameson, uh, when should we study? 
Well, and, and everybody's going to be a little bit different. You know, I, I would suggest set aside time when you function mentally at your highest level. Uh, for some people, that's first thing in the morning. Uh, other people are, are night owls, and they function best at night. Whenever that time is that mentally you're at your sharpest, set aside time then for studying the Word of God. Um, this is important. You know, this is something that's important. It is going to require us to use our minds to kind of get our brains in gear. So we need to set aside time for when we will be able, uh, you know, set aside time to devote to this. Uh, also, thinking about when we should study, set aside time to study with our family. Um, the spiritual development and the growth uh, of the children is the parent's responsibility. Um, depending on, you know, what school someone goes to, school may help. You know, Bible classes certainly help, hopefully. Uh, the church certainly helps, but the responsibility for the spiritual growth of our family lies with, you know, us as fathers and with, with us as parents for our children. So set aside time not only for personal study, but don't forget about those people in your house and set aside time to study with them as well. And that's so critical. And when we talk about this idea of studying, not everybody has the, the benefit of going through a preaching school. And it's important that we have an opportunity to kind of figure out how we're going to do that and navigate that. Cantrell, you had a thought? I just want to say amen to what Jameson said, because in local work, you know, all of us have been there. You know, we we hear it. And, you know, for, for some of us who, I, I guess, kind of grew up in the church, we, we hear the phrase sometimes where, you know, obviously I don't have any children, but, you know, we, we've all heard the phrase sometimes, people blaming the church for their children's unfaithfulness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we have them two hours a week and you have them the rest of the 167 hours, and yet, you know, sometimes we say, well, the church is, is the reason for my child's unfaithfulness. Well, we have to look into the mirror. It's <coughs> not the church's fault. You know, you have them 166 hours a week. What are you all doing besides this that and the other and, and and don't get me wrong god wants us to enjoy everything life has to offer that's why he created for us but seek his kingdom first and everything else after that no one wants to blame <clears throat> no one wants to take the blame that's right and they always want to put off put it off on the church and i, I work with i work with kids all the time and i see it all the time where as as i and i used to work as a youth minister working as, as an associate now but so often <clears throat> like you said parents take the kids and they just they just push them off and they just assume that you know that you're just going to take care of them just from here on out and that it's like kind of like you're their dumping ground you know they take the kids throw them off and then when they grow up and become un and become unfaithful after they leave they look at the church and say what you know where were you why didn't you help when in all reality it was you at home not doing anything for them if you sp if you feed them you know in, a, in some sense spiritual junk food throughout the week don't expect them to gain anything mm -hmm. from going to class and worship on sunday when they don't have that foundation <clears throat> in the home in sure. the first place it's important that we remember for our parents that are that are there. A lot of us here at the network are, are fathers, and we have the opportunity to guide our children. And one of the things that is so difficult and so frustrating is when someone comes up and says, we don't have enough programs. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, how about we have an idea and you help us do it? That's your job. That's the eldest job. That's the yeah. deacon's job. Well, let's all work together. Mm -hmm. Now, as we close out this episode, I want to quickly give uh, 10 tips for studying the Bible the, the first tip would be read the text. I mean, that's, that's obviously the number one clue that you have to, to have is you have to open your Bible, and you can't begin studying without knowing what you want to study. 
Uh, you could look at Roy Deaver's book on how to study the Bible. We read that in school, and it's a profitable book. Or as Chase mentioned, you can choose a specific book, topic, section, or even a, a specific type, you know, a cr- chronological study. You do need to compare different versions. Uh, the KJV is not infallible. Uh, the New King James Version is not infallible. The ASV is not infallible. I mean, on and on I could go. And the truth of the matter is, you want to find an infallible version, speak Greek, speak Aramaic, speak Hebrew. And I don't think any of us are lining up to take those classes. No. And so we have to find a version of the Bible that gets as close to what God intended as possible. And remember that there are infallible men. There are, there are fallible men that did these translations. They're not perfect, and therefore we can't expect the version to be perfect. But we can find versions that are trustworthy. As well as doing that, you could, in the third place, grab some trustworthy commentaries. And those are commentaries that can be dangerous ground to tread if you're not careful. But you have to sometimes treat it like eating a fish. You spit out the bones as you're eating the fish. And so make sure you're doing that when you're looking at these commentaries. Uh, another thing to do, and a lot of us have this, especially uh, I believe Cantrell has the same one that I use, is get a Bible software program. Uh, Logos is good. Accordance is good. Esword is good. Uh, some of these, they, they're a king's ransom to get them, but they're money well spent. And the fifth, <laughs> the fifth tip is to consider the context, and that's so important. So much damage has been done by just neglecting the context, and a lot of that happens in topical preaching we rip a verse out of its context and we completely do damage to it Uh, the sixth tip is to do some internet research with great caution uh, anyone can post an article on the internet and all sites need to be examined in light of the scriptures but there can be some very good articles to be found number seven i'd I'd suggest you go back and reread the text and then number eight take out a highlighter underline it highlight it do all the things that you need to do and the last two tips are important tip number nine be willing to be corrected. Mm-hmm. When I go before God's word, I am asking myself to be willing and ready to be corrected, to be somebody who can do the things that the Bible expects me to do. And the last tip is to study often. I don't get to pick and choose when I study. It needs to be often, and that's what Jameson was alluding to. I pick the time, but it needs to be frequently. That's right. Now, we want to thank you for uh, joining us today and being a part of the Scattered Abroad podcast, our joint podcast with all of our hosts. And as always, remember, you can find all of our social media links, our email links down in our show notes, and we'd be happy to hear from you. We'd love to encourage you in any way that we can. That's what this network is about, is to reach out to the lost and encourage the saved. And so we're grateful that you've taken some time to sit with us and study with us. I don't want you to forget about the sponsorship or and the giveaway that we have going on this month. And in order to enter to win, you need to go and subscribe to our email list. And you go down to our website, scatterthebroad.org, and go all the way down to the bottom and put in your name and email, and you'll be entered into our giveaway. And I know that you'll want to do that. And every day at Scattered Abroad, we try our best to provide you with biblical content on a daily basis. That's the goal of Scattered Abroad is to give you something that you can wake up every morning And the episodes will be downloaded on your phone. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, on our website, and other mediums as well. And we really do want to help you in any way possible. On behalf of everyone at Scattered Abroad, I want to say thank you for joining us today, and God bless. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. 
Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.